A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. The following is an actor portrayal. With Kindly Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our word for it. My dad moved to Kindly and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked Parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindly. Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit Kindly at Asbury.org today. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome to the Fandrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 64 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun Dynasty debate in store for you all today. And with me, as usual, is Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what is up, man? Oh, not too much. Just uh, another fun day to talk about some some baseball, some Dynasty. It's always a good day, so I'm looking forward to that. Going to have a, some good talks tonight, a lot of I say a lot of good players, several good players we're going to discuss, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, on this one, we did our, our first Dynasty Debate last episode, episode 63, so go check that out if you missed it. That was between Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt Jr., our current number one overall prospects in our respective uh, prospect fantasy rankings. So now we go over to the other rankings that we do, our Dynasty rankings, and debate, hey, who's number one over there? Might as well start at the top over there as well, and... It's more than just two players. Like regarding, you know, where, wherever you look, there's you can find as many as four different players that are number one overall right now, uh, depending on who you look at. So we figured we'd debate all four of these guys. Those being, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Three juniors and then Juan Soto. If he ever had a Juan Soto Jr., he'd probably be in the discussion as well. <laughs> I, th- I think he is a kid. Does he have a kid? I think he I don't does. Know. I gotta find that out. I should know this. I should know everything about Juan Soto. I'm like the biggest Juan Soto guy out yeah. there. But if he, if he if he had a kid, Juan Soto Jr. would be in this discussion as well. Or 20 years down the road, if we're still doing this podcast, then so this is gonna be another fun debate. Uh, but before we get into all that, the usual housekeeping. You can find us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I'm at Eric Cross Zero Four, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both of us. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcasts, SP Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. Let's get right into it now. This is a slightly different debate than last week because, obviously, we have four players here, and it kind of depends on... You know, if it's an average league or an OBP league, that definitely plays into 
who the number one player is here. Let's start with average here. Chris, who do you think is the number one dynasty player right now? Get dynasty startup draft right now, standard five by five with average as a category. Who would you take number one? I think I've got to go Fernando Tatis Jr. here. Um, like I said, these are all really close, and my answer would be different for OBP, which I think we'll talk about for sure. But if I have the number one pick in a average league, I'm going to lean Tatis for for several reasons. Yeah, I mean the average isn't the most enticing. Like he's not going to hit 300. He's had a 292 career average over 107 or 1175 plate appearances, which is pretty good. But over the last two seasons, 277, 282, which will play. But I'm going for more of the standpoint of the counting stats that he provides with the power and the speed. Yeah, I mean, he did miss some time this year. He played just 130 games. But over 130 games, he had 42 home runs and still 25 bases. No player in baseball can really do that. I mean, Acuna might could. He's next closest to push that. But the power speed here is absolutely incredible. Steamer projects him 46 home runs, 26 stolen bags next year and a 281 average. And it's worth mentioning that he is just 22 years old. He will turn 23 before the next season starts. But again, all these guys we're going to talk about are young. Tatis doing what he's doing at his age is highly impressive. Remember, he made his debut at 20 years old, proceeded to hit 22 home runs and steal 16 bags over 84 games, and he hit 317. Pretty dang impressive for a 20-year-old at the big league level. Strikeouts are a slight concern, but he's gotten away with it, and he's still producing that at a high level. The biggest concern I think I have with Tatis is probably the shoulder. He did decide to forego shoulder surgery this offseason. He's going to play through it and should says he's going to be okay in the spring, so we'll see how that goes. That'll definitely be interesting. But, yeah, I think that for me in an average league, I would go Tatis here in the first spot. Let me ask you real quick, because I just literally just saw this question uh, proposed to us in our Discord, which is one of the perks you get when you sign up for our Patreon. Fun little Discord community we got going on there. Uh, someone asks, how concerned are we about Tatis' shoulder? Like scale, Put it on scale 1 to 10. How concerned are you? I'd say I'm about yeah, maybe a 4 or 5. Yeah, I was going to say 5. I think that there's reasons to be concerned, and there's reason not to be concerned. I mean, you would think he has to have consulted a – ton of professional oh, yeah. like opinions and if he's not getting it then you have to think that that's what people think's best for him and obviously he thinks what's best for himself he was still performing at a high level when he came back last year and was doing that that two-handed finish i don't know i think he'll be fine and hopefully it won't linger but i I'm, i'd say probably a five i think it could go either way but right now i'm kind mm. of in the middle on it yeah you now same here i would really really hate for this to turn into like another Byron Buxton situation where he's just like always showing the talent, but never on the field. That would just be, that'd be a damn shame because as you mentioned, he's 22 years old. The four guys we're talking about right now, uh, Tatis and Vladdy are 22 Soto and Acuna are 23. This is ridiculous that we're already having this discussion about these types of guys at this young of an age. And they're already producing the way they're producing, you know, elite numbers, like hall of fame trajectory already. This is just crazy. Uh, that we have this type of, you know, core, like the faces of, wait, people talk about, oh, who's the face of baseball? Like, we don't have one face. There's like five faces. Like It's like these four, and then throw in Shohei Otani as well. Like, and and I think I you could still put Mike Trout there. It's great. It's, you got a little bit of everybody, some old, some young, some new. It's like, this is a great spot for baseball. Uh, but getting back to the debate here, uh, for average, I do agree. 
you know, it's him or it's Tatis or Acuna. They're they're almost cut from the same cloth. It's like they are very, very similar players, athletes in general. Obviously, huge power, huge speed. Both have a little bit of an uh, injury concern right now. Obviously, Tatis with the shoulder, Acuna with, with coming back from that uh, torn ACL he suffered last July. So a lot of similarities between these two. You look at, you know, Savant pages are just littered in red. You know, 96 percentile sprint speed for Tatis, 98 percentile exit velocity. Like, to be, like, that high in both quality of contact metrics and speed metrics is just silly. Uh, and then both of these got, you know, Acuna is there as well, right there with him. So, uh, and they both have a little bit of a strikeout issue, you know, not like anything overly concerning, but they're not like Juan Soto out there. Now, Soto, if you want just like the safest guy out there, uh, not not saying Acuna or uh, Tatis are risky or have a lower floor or anything like that, but Soto is just like the safe, you know, safe selection here. But I'll go Tatis. And the reason why I go lean him over Acuna is that, you know, Tatis, at, at least for now, has shortstop and outfield eligibility, a little added bonus there, the dual eligibility, uh, as opposed to Acuna's just straight-up outfield. So I will go Tatis as well, but, again, can't really go wrong. Like, I would love to have, like, the third pick in this, you know, in a startup dynasty. I would, I would much rather have the third pick than the first or second just so I can see who follows to me so I don't have to make this decision, which kind of leads me to the next thing I was going to say. The only one that I'm not really considering for number one overall is Vladdy. Obviously, Vladdy is a phenomenal hitter. He's probably gonna have you know be a 500 home run club type of guy. Uh, he had 48 last year's elite raw power, but doesn't bring the speed at all. And we at least with Soto, you get like I don't know, 10, 12, something like that, plus everything else Soto does. And Vladdy, even though he's an elite four category guy, I just don't see him ever getting up to that number one. I think where he's at now, like that four to five range. Overall, maybe if you want to throw Bo ahead of him or like a Trey Turner or someone like that, fine. But I think right now, I think Angus where he's going to settle in. Speak, you know, number five, give or take, with his elite four category. Kind of where Arenado settled in years ago when he was at his peak. I can see that with Vladdy, but even a little more power than Arenado showed. So uh, I, I just can't make a case for Vladdy, number one, in either average or OBP. Would you agree with that or do you have different thoughts? Yeah, no, I definitely I agree with that. Um, I I think that it would take Vlad doing what he did last year for the next couple of years to consider him one without the speed. So if he consistently hits forty five to fifty home runs and with a three hundred plus average, then maybe he gets in that conversation. But I do think the speed element pushes him down a little bit because speed's so important, and you know you're getting a ton of speed with Tatis and Acuna at the top from a stolen base standpoint. And I'll go ahead and put it out there. I'm not really worried about Acuna's stolen base totals going down after this injury because literally he's his leg is going to be stronger than ever. So from that standpoint, I do think it may take him some time to get confident, I guess, to build up to that, the stealing bases again. But I do long-term, I'm not worried about it at all. Remember, he is just 23. He'll be 24 uh, for next season. So he's not slowing down anytime soon. You mentioned Soto. He's going to chip in some steals. But yeah, from an OBP standpoint, I do think it's pretty easy to take Soto at number one. I think that's the only choice and the only option that you can take there. Yeah, no, I agree. And then another quick point on, on Vladdy here: like this isn't the same. Like, this isn't the same baseball and fantasy baseball landscape as it was, you know, twelve to fifteen years ago when at a lot of lists it was like out. Or basically, back when I started my my homekeeper league, it was like, all right, you got 
Pujols is number one. Like he was number one for a good five, six, seven years without bringing, yeah, he brought a little speed a few years where he was double digits, but he was not a big speed guy. This is a different landscape nowadays where speed is valued much more highly than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. So yeah, definitely factors in a lot more now than it used to. So maybe Vladdy could have had a case, you know, if you plot Vladdy decade, 15 years ago, maybe he'd have a case for number one back then, but yeah, definitely not now. And then OBP. Yeah. It's one. Soto. like, Soto is the only player in baseball right now that if you told me like, all right, over the next 20 years, one player is going to have a 500 OBP season. I would say Juan Soto. He's already almost done it. Like last two years, he's had OBP north of 460. He's already, he's already flirting with it. He, he was over 500 OBP for the second half of the season. It wouldn't surprise me if he, if he threw together like a full season, like he had in the second half of, the, of this past year, he's just so such a good hitter. Look at the strikeout weight, like the walk rate being a good 8% higher than the K rate. You just don't see that anymore. We really haven't seen it since the days of like Barry Bonds in that infamous 2004 year when he had like 230 walks to 40 strikeouts or something insane like that. <clears throat> so just the OBP is so damn good where he's, his OBP is probably going to be annually, well, you figure six, at least 60 to 80 points higher. Then Tatis and uh, and Acuna, and I think in OBP formats that is enough to make up for you know the extra ten home runs or so that they'll bring, ten to fifteen home runs, and then the extra and then the extra ten to fifteen steals as well. So uh, plus he's you know elite runs, elite RBI. Well, hopefully they'll put some guys around him um, better than what they had second half of the year. But yeah, I think OBP. Uh, you got to go Soto. It's that, that OBP floor. What's his OBP floor? Like 425? Yeah, like, I would think so. <laughs> like, even when he was like, you know, having a, you know, a quote unquote down first half of the year, it was still he had like a 420 OBP. Like that's his floor. It's crazy. Yeah. Here's, here's his month by month breakdown. F- March and April 410, <laughs> May 387, Ooh. June 407, July 487, August 505, September, October 545. So that's just absolutely nuts. Second half OBP was 525. That I just, it's so ridiculous. Like he had a a 27% walk rate to a 12.7% strikeout rate in the second half. And yeah, I get you, you could attribute a little bit of that to the fact that there was like nobody behind them. It was like what Josh Bell and yeah, some hodgepodge. Yeah, Carter Keyboom and Zimmerman and any other of the guys that they picked up off the scrap heap behind him so yeah i i'd probably walk juan soto as well but man hitter pitchers just don't want to pitch this guy it's like no you look at his his zone charts there's like no weak what's his weakness like oh he might hit 250 in this little zone up here mm-hmm. like there's no like zone where he's like oh he's only 160 there you can go attack him up and in yeah. or down and away there's no weakness in juan soto's game like at all and like yeah when you compare him to the other two yeah he doesn't have the 50 homer 30 steal upside that Cunha and Tatis do but man in OBP formats it'd be hard for me to pass a number one on a guy that can post literally could post a 500 OBP yeah yeah it's it's it sucked to pass on the big power speed guys those are always the flashier you know picks but Soto's gonna be the guy yeah I mean he he literally carries your team in OBP if like if it's the OBP format, like he gives you such a boost, like you don't really have to worry about 
high OBP guys the rest of the way. I mean, you should, but that's just how how much he separates himself. And I will say, I do think Acuna slots second for both for average and OBP. He he improved his plate discipline significantly in 2020, and the last two years posted a 406 and 394 OBP. Tatis is settling in around the the 365 range. So Acuna is definitely a nice boost there. And even though Vlad posted a 401 OBP this year, again, the the power speed element that Acuna gives is enough to to push him up there. So I I think that it's Tatis at one in an average league. It's Soto at one in an OBP league. Acuna at two in both formats. And then after that, you can kind of debate, you know, what you want. But would Vlad be fourth for you in both formats? He would. Yeah. And that's... That's no knock to Vlad. I'm sure people will take it as a knock to Vlad. That's no knock to Vlad. It's really not. We're saying nice things about him. Just the fact that he just doesn't bring speed to the table. And I think that's the deciding factor here. Like, you know, you can make it maybe make a case that he's close to Soto in, in average leagues. Sure. Because you know, I think they'll, they'll hit for around the same average, give or take every year. I'll always be in the general vicinity of each other. And then obviously, you know, the more power to Vladdy, more speed to Soto. Counting stats are probably pretty similar. So I think you can make a case that Vlad might be close to him, to Soto for third in the average leagues. But then again, it's it's no contest. And I don't think he's touching either of the, the power speed guys and Acuna and Tatis. And yeah, I agree with you. I have the exact same. Um, I know, it's, like I said, some of these debates, we're not going to disagree. We'll, we'll agree on some. We'll disagree. Like we disagreed last week a little bit. Uh, but like this week, we definitely agree on both average and OBP, the, the one through four ordering. Yeah, Acuna's walk rates the last two years, 18.8% in 2020, 136 in uh, 2021. And then Tatis, t- still pretty good, 10.5, 11.4. But yeah, the extra walk rate that Acuna brings to the table puts him at, uh, yeah, ahead of him in OBP for me. Let's uh let's add a, a nice little wrinkle to this, Chris, that we didn't even talk about. I'm just going to go on the fly here. Um, outside of this top four, if you had to pick, well, let's say pick two guys that could vault up into this tier this year, who would you pick? Um, I get my I get my two. Yeah, I would say Bo. Yep, Bo's I'm one. assuming Bo would be in yours because I yep. think I mean you just look at the body of work that. OBP, I would say no. But, yeah, agreed. But a batting average, I think he's going to be a consistent near 300 batting average type. And you saw what he did this year, 29 home runs, 25 steals. Even if he's like 25-20 annually, like that's enough, in my opinion, to push him pretty close to that with a 300 average. Um, after that, I, I think you're going to say this this guy. And so I'm, I kind of want to avoid him. I'm going to say Luis Robert. No. Nope. <laughs> Is that who you – okay, nice. No. I, I was actually going to say, I was actually going to add another wrinkle to this to say, yeah, let's pick, let's pick another one outside of our top 10. So, no, my two are Bobachet, Kyle Tucker. I think Tucker could definitely get up in there. I think Tucker's got 40 20 upside. I think he can be like 90 to 95% of what Tatis and Acuna are. I don't think he can get quite to that level uh, that they put out there, but I think he can get pretty big. I think he literally has 40 20 upside. Uh, so yeah, Bo, obviously Bo's all-around guy. He's not a guy that lights up the Savant page and with bright red, but this is a guy that has legit 30-30 upside, hitting in the middle of a very potent Toronto order. So he's just a five-category stud out there um, at shortstop. So those would be my two. And I think Luis Robert could as well. Um, obviously, a bit more risk in that profile, though, as we you know talked about on this podcast and in articles, 
the approach and the contact rates all greatly improved in 2021. Let's hope that can carry over moving forward because he is, I think, has one of the five highest ceilings for fantasy in this game. Like, I think he could get up there, um, but what did I say? A little more risk there, but I think he could as well. Um, another just quick thing before we end this debate here. Let's look at some of, like quick look at some of the top prospects here. Do you think that either you know like our, our top two guys um, that we added talked about last uh, episode here, Wit and J Rod, and then we'll add in Wander. Wit, J Rod, and Wander. Do you think any of these three someday could get up to this level that we're talking about now? Um, probably. I actually would say Wander is the lowest chance. I think the agreed. Wander's the highest floor by far, but I think that the ceiling is is not that high. I don't really see the power, and I don't know how much he runs in Tampa Bay, which is interesting. I mean, we, we know he's going to be a lock to hit for a super high average. Yeah, probably, but, probably win. If he doesn't win like two or three batting titles, I'd be disappointed at this point. Yeah, I think we'd be surprised at that. So um, I think that Witt's power speed element's higher, but I think – as I talked about last time, I think J-Rod's drive to just be elite gives him that shot because, uh, as I said, I think J-Rod can hit 300 with Vlad power and also steal 20 bases, which, you know, if Vlad did that, if Vlad stole 20 bases this year, I think there'd be no question he would be number one right now. Yeah, so, agreed. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's put it quickly in percentages. I'll say like the percent chance they reach this level we're talking about with these four right now. I'll say Wit. I'll go highest percent chance. I'll go wit, then slightly down to J Rod, and then slightly down to Wander. I agree, Wander probably the lowest percent chance. He might be the best real life player of these three long term. I think that's definitely fair to say. But like you mentioned, is he? I th- and I think there's a path to where Wander does get to like 30 home runs, but I don't know if it's ever could be more than that. I think maybe he sells in as like a 20, you know, mid 20s type of guy. Steals, who knows? Like I think he could be a 15 to 20 steal guy, but like you said. How much does he run down there in Tampa Bay? We'll, we'll we'll see on that one. Maybe he's only a 10 to 12 steel guy. Who knows? But, yeah, I think he has the lowest percent chance. I'd go wit highest, slightly above J-Rod, and then wander three there. Well, this was a fun little debate, huh? Yeah, that was good. I think there's a lot of good talk there. Good for if you have a dynasty draft coming up, which way to go? I hope this hope you find this helpful for, for that. Yeah, there's always new dynasty drafts starting up every winter. Half of them by uh, our podcast producer Nathan Longfield. Mm. That's where he <laughs> he runs like half the fantasy leagues in the world now, or he's getting he's getting close to it if he's not at that halfway mark. But that's gonna wrap us up. Thanks to everyone for listening again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I am Eric Cross zero four, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at FantraxHQ.com or over on our Patreon. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next.